Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. Happy Monday. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store for you. But before we dive in, I just want to take a minute and share about one of our incredible partners, Curology. I'll be honest, I've been known to fall into the YouTube and Instagram black hole of skincare tutorials and product reviews. I want to take good care of my skin, and I know you do too. But you and I both know that dermatologists can be a little pricey, and drugstores, products, don't always solve our skin's unique needs. That's why I'm so glad I discovered Curology. Whether you're dealing with acne, fine lines, dark spots, or occasional breakouts, Curology will customize a prescription formula for you that will help you tackle your specific skincare needs. To get everything set up, you just need to answer some questions online about your skin and send in a couple of selfies. I love a quiz. You know that. And theirs is super simple to take. Next, Curology matches you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin. And then if it's a good fit, you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your specific concerns. The products I got from Curology are helping me address some dark spots and fine lines on my face. I just took the quick little quiz and then uploaded a couple of selfies to their website. I'm using their cleanser and moisturizer along with their customized cream they sent me. I'm really impressed with the difference I've seen in my skin's tone and texture. I love knowing that Curology has set me up with a personalized treatment plan, and I'm always a fan when great products are delivered regularly and I don't have to remember to reorder them. So go to Curology.com slash that sounds fun for a free 30-day trial. Just pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash that sounds fun to unlock your free 30-day trial. See Curology.com for all the details. Today on the show is one of my favorite musicians, you guys. I am guessing you're already listening to Mark Sevilla. He's just so good. His latest single, Rivals, came out just a couple of weeks ago, but his album, Seed of Joy, that released in November, is going to be a deluxe edition in just a couple of weeks. It is really good, y'all. It is so good. Mark is so smart, and I really love this conversation today. So I think y'all are really going to enjoy this conversation with Mark. Who knew such a very excellent musician and songwriter could be such a great human? I really like this guy. I think you're going to like him too. Here's my conversation with musician Mark Sebelia. Mark, welcome to That Sounds Fun. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so stoked about this because the secret of all of this is I am an incredibly huge fan that I've kept oh, really chill. I, like, I've been very cool so far, right? Uh, you've been cooler than than uh, probably as cool as anyone I've ever <laughs> spoken to. <laughs> well, Literally, I am... as, cool, as cool as a cab driver, just, yes. you know, just... <laughs> Just trying to, you know, it's all good. Well, I'm a huge fan of your music. And so when I got your new album and got to listen to it, I was like, our mutual friend, Matthew Morgan, I was like, Matthew, please, what will it take to get Mark on the spot? So thank you for making time to do this. Oh, thanks. Well, Matthew sent me a really cool interview you did. And now I'm, you know, people don't know this. It's the first time I'm saying this publicly. We actually just had a kid three weeks ago. Yeah. And a second kid. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I should preface the whole interview with anytime I try and draw specific facts, I will fall short on names or anything, but I, Matthew <laughs> sent me a great interview. It was a political interview you mm-hmm, did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just thought it was awesome. And I was like, oh, we got to send, and obviously I'm very aware of what you've been doing for a long time, but I, he sent me that and it was right around when the record came out. So I, yeah. um, I was like, yeah, we got to send her an album. So yeah, I appreciate what you do as well. Oh, thanks. Okay. So second kid. Yes. Fit, are you saying his name? 
Oh, yeah. His name is Phineas Robert Sibilia. Oh, that's good. That is a good name. Second kid, what's the difference between first kid and second kid so far? I, you know, well, he's a boy. Uh, I don't know. I definitely know we took him in for his checkup yesterday and I was like, wow. So it was the same lady who helped us the first time. And I was like, well, my daughter was born. I don't know if it's, there's so many variables. So it'd be hard to kind of draw a direct conclusion. But when I, I remember when I was in there with my daughter, when she was born, I was just like hovering. I was like really careful. I was like, you know, and, and I was just like, uh, I was right on top of everything that was happening (laughs) with my, with my son. I'm kind of, I don't know if it's because he's a boy and I'm like, I don't know what the deal is, you know, uh, but I'm like, I'm just like, yeah, he's going to figure it out. It'll be fine. Like, just put him on the table. Let's weigh him. I know he's a little cold right now, but it's not going to hurt. You know, it's all these funny little things that are true, but I just did not have this experience with my daughter at all. I was just like, and still to this day, I'm just like, it's pretty funny. It's kind of playing itself out, you know, exactly how they say it does. Yeah. And do you think, you think it's the boy girl thing or do you think it's the first kid, second kid thing? It's probably, I think it's probably, I guess if he was first, I'd probably feel how I, you know, that type of concern that I had with yeah. my daughter. I don't know. I, these things are so hard to pick apart. Life right. has so many variables. I think it's like, also, I just have no energy. Like, you know, he's, he's been kind of a little crazy at night. So we, we kind of sleep in like hour increments. <gasps> no. Uh, and then, well, my wife has it a lot worse than I do. I was totally, I'm like, I, I, it's worse. It's my life is harder than it was three weeks ago. My wife's life is way harder than it was three weeks ago. So. <laughs> I want some sympathy, but I don't want too much. Otherwise, okay, she... we'll give you an average amount of sympathy. Is that Thanks. right? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, because your daughter's only two, so you also have like yes. a two-year-old in the house and a three-week-old baby. It's been kind of crazy because she was waking up super early, be- right before he got here, and then she was waking up super early. My mom was in town helping us, and uh, and then the day my mom left, she started sleeping until eight in the morning, uh. and so. Now it's like, it, it's like miraculous, uh, honestly. It's, so we're, we're just at the threshold, but I think we're, I think we're going to make it through. And y'all live in Nashville? Sorry, I don't yeah, know we, this. We, yeah. we, no, no, we were, in, we were in New York for a while, yeah. and then we got back to Nashville about a year and a half ago. And um, yeah, we've been here. We've been here since I built a studio here. And so like, it was like, I'm like, yeah, let's just at least stay here for a little bit yeah. so we can do something in this place. Why Nashville? Why is that the right answer? It feels like so many people are moving here right now. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I, I think, well, it's not really, it used to be like where it was like, oh, it's affordable. It's cer- certainly becoming much more expensive. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's, the, you know, there's so many creative people here. It's definitely more flexible than living in LA and New York, I think actually is getting a little bit cheaper just with everything going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's just so many creative people and I think people want the the luxury of space. And, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, I just have some really good friends here. That for me is why that's probably the thing I like about it most here. Yeah. My memory was, I thought you lived in LA for a while. Is that true? No, I was there all the time, but I I haven't been there in like, it's probably been like a year and a half, two years, which is crazy. I was just talking to my buddy, um, Jake Sinclair. He like, he just produced a new Weezer album and he does all the Panic at the Disco stuff. He's like an incredible, he's a genius and one of my very close friends. I used to fly out to LA and I used to just, you know, my wife, she travels for her job. And so she'll be all over the world. So she'll be like, hey, I'm in Asia for two weeks. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to L.A. and stay at Jake's house yeah. and make music and uh, eat ice cream for two weeks. And I'm like, that, <laughs> I was talking to him yesterday. I was like, that life is so far behind me. I can't even, I can't fathom, <laughs> like, doing something like that. And it's such a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Everything changes with kids and COVID, yeah. they say. 
That's the old yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so all the month of February, we had couples on the podcast. And so yeah. since you're still kicking off March for us, will you tell us how you and your wife met? Yeah, we met. So there was a, a, right around the time of South by Southwest, I was supposed to play this show. And for some reason, I can't remember why, but it got canceled. And this was, I guess, probably nine years ago, 10 years ago we've been together. Anyways, my roommates had used to have this huge, they were all from Louisiana. They used to have this huge party called Gumbo Fest. And there was like two or 300 <laughs> people that came. Oh my massive. It was like, and it was, we lived on this big property that this developer had not developed. Uh, we lived on like a dilapidated house on this property. Anyways, so all these people come. I ended up going to the party because, you know, the, my thing was canceled. Yeah. And, you know, I'm at this party and, and it's at my house and I feel pretty cool because, you know, I'm 23 <laughs> and there's like hundreds of people at my house. And, you know, and so I'm just talking to people. I'm talking to girls. I'm, you know, I'm probably passing out my number and doing all sorts <laughs> of things. Just making your rounds. And I mean, 300 my people rounds. at your house. That's a, that's a good, that's shooting fish I'm, in a barrel, I'm just my letting man. People know who the, I'm yeah. just letting people know who the, who the mayor is, <laughs> as right. I'm sure all... As I'm sure all the other guys were doing the same uh, campaigning. But anyways, I, I, you know, I was cool. Everyone, you know, people were, you know, they were making me feel good. And then I, and then I started talking to this girl and I'm like, wow, she's a really interesting person. And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm having a conversation with her. She's, you know, I don't know why we started talking about our favorite books and I, you know, I don't even read enough to really have like a favorite book. I just pretty much the ones I've read are my favorites. And, uh, and so I, I made something up and, I'm talking to her and then I turn away and to talk to someone else for a second. And I turn back and she's, com she's gone. She's completely gone. And we had not finished the conversation. Oh, wow. And that was kind of the last time I talked to her there. And we just had a bunch of mutual friends. And I just remember, I was like, man, who was that? Cause she was so interesting and so kind and uh, beautiful and everything. And, and I was like, how, uh... so I had a bunch of mutual friends. So anyways, the long short is that uh, all our mutual friends started telling me that this girl that I had met named Mindy actually liked me. They oh. all made it up because they wanted us to get together. Uh -uh. And, and so I, I was operating on this false uh, sense of confidence that she liked me. So <laughs> I, I, I would see her at things. We'd talk for a little bit. I'm like, you know, obviously she likes me. I know this. And, and, and Were they saying the same does. stuff to her? Yeah. Uh, no, she didn't. They, they weren't communicating any of that to her because she, I think she was generally, I think she was generally pretty re repulsed by dating some type of musician, you know, somebody uh -huh. else. She's like, she's very smart. You know, she has a great college education and she, I mean, she's just anyways. So they're telling me that she likes me. I, 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 I kind of, uh, got her number at this, at this, uh, so there was a tornado rolling through town. This was probably nine years ago. And a bunch of, there was probably 30 people. And we all went to the, stayed in the basement of this house. And she was one of the people in the basement of this house. We all passed out in the basement of the house. Like uh -huh. the next morning we all wake up and I'm like, Hey, you know what? I was like, do you want to have breakfast or something? She was like, no, she's like, I got plans, but here's my number. You know, if you want to give me a shout or something. And so I texted her about two hours later and I was like, Hey, <laughs> do you want to have lunch? And she's like, no, I'm busy. I'm on a work call. I'm driving down the street uh, about 30 minutes after that, going to get lunch, and I see her running down the street. And I wave to her, and she runs into a telephone pole. Oh. <laughs> this is like it's like out of a movie. Anyways, keep in mind she still doesn't like me, but I right, I but think you're she sure does. she so, does, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. About and about two hours later, I text her again. I say, "Hey, do you want to have dinner?" And she says, "No, I have a birthday party I have to go to." Um, <laughs> you know, and she's like, "And I'm working at this coffee shop until you know, until." Uh, until the until the surprise party. 
So I thought, you know, she was telling me where she was, her location. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I figured Let's I show go. up across the street. I show up across the street in a restaurant. I can't, I can't remember the name of it. It's on the east side. But um, And I text her and I say, hey, I'm across the street. If you got 30 minutes to have a drink before your party. Wow. Well so I asked her out four times in one day. Um, <laughs> and and, it's, and and honestly, I mean, she, she, she joined me for a drink uh, and... It took a long time after that for her to actually like me. Yeah. But she likes me now. And that's, that's right. Counts. That's right. There are two humans uh, yeah. that exist because of that. Yeah, totally. So um, anyways, it's awesome. She's, you know, she's brilliant. Uh, she does, she's, she works uh, for the Clinton Health Access Initiative. So she travels all over the world and trying to fight care for maternal care um, mm. and you know, prolonged life expectancies and things, things of that nature, things that are honestly too hard for me to describe with three hours of sleep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. You're a hero for getting up and talking yes, to me. You. Um, <laughs> Mark, that story is unbelievable. It is pretty crazy. That's really cool. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of our friends listening who see things like a canceled show or a, two rejections in a day as like the end of the story. And right. uh, Corey Asbury, do you know Corey Asbury? I feel like y'all would know. I don't know. Um, he's a songwriter as well. Corey Asbury has a song that says, until the, until the story is good, the story isn't over. Yeah, that's great. And I think, man, that sounds that. so much like y'all's story. Like you just didn't, you did not give up until the story was good. Yeah. It's funny. I guess I, I guess if I like think about it, like a lot of my life has kind of been like not giving up until the, the story is good. Yeah. You know? it's kind of interesting. I mean, when I was reading through uh, your new album, it's called Seed of Joy. There's a version right. of it that came out in the fall, but we're getting ready to get an updated version next month, right? In April. Yep. 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 And, and you wrote all of that during the pandemic? Well, so what happened was my daughter was born on January 19th of, I, I don't know why these years are so confusing. 2019 is what I researched. Yeah, yes. On 2019. Yeah. <laughs> that would make her two years old. Um, some simple math. That's right. Anyways. So she was born and we, about two weeks after she was born, my, my parents uh, flew into um, Nashville to meet her. And my, the moment my, my dad was like a college quarterback. He he's, you know, he wow. had, he has a, he had a better physique than I did when he was living, you know, and, and he was 66 years old. Um, you know, he walked in the house and I immediately looked at him. And I was like, wow, something is really wrong here. Mm. Um, I don't know what it is. Like, I've never seen my dad like this. He was kind of shuffling his steps and he couldn't totally say words, which my dad <gasps> just loved. I got it from him, but he loved to talk. You yeah. Know, he was a total talker. And, uh, and so, we found out basically that, you know, about four or five days later, he flew back up to Buffalo, got a scan and found out that he had a brain tumor, which basically led us on a, about 11 and a half months of just, you know, wa- watching him decline. And so I really wrote a lot of that. I, re- I wrote a lot of those songs as I was watching my daughter, you know, learn how to walk. I was watching my dad lose his ability to walk. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I write songs. And so, you know, it's kind of the way that I... N- traverse through the world. Um, and so it was really helpful to me to have that. And so a lot of those songs were written then. And then my dad passed, um, on, uh, January 17th, um, two days before my daughter's first birthday. Yeah. And, and then the pandemic, you know, I mean, was everything right was locked then. down. Yeah. What was that like March or something? Yeah. 
and you know, my, my wife is kind of like, uh, she's not actually my manager, but she really has like amazing and like, really the best ideas. And so she was like, you know what, like, you're going to be stuck here at the house. She has really bad asthma. Um, and she was like, you're going to be stuck here. We should just take all the songs that you've written last year that you really didn't have any time to like finish or record or anything. Cause I was flying back to Buffalo to see my dad and yeah. there was just no time. And so she said, let's just take all these songs and let's just record them and let's just put it out. You make an album for your dad and this is like wow. a great time to do it. And so that's kind of how the album came to be. And so, yeah, that's, that's Why'd really you call it. it Seed of Joy? Well, I don't know. You know, it was one of the songs on the album and I thought, I just thought it was mostly indicative of the whole, indicative of the whole album. I mean, you know, a seed is obviously very small and... You know, it's sometimes it's hard to realize what it will become. Um, mm. But I just noticed that, like, through that year and a half or whatever, or that year that my dad was sick, like, there were so many beautiful moments, you know, so many things I would never trade for the world. You know, there was so much redemption. There was so, so many things that kind of came full circle that so many people don't, you know, get in their life, you know. Um, and so I've, I wouldn't say I was like thankful for the experience as a whole. You know, I'd much rather, you know, have my son meet my dad, have my daughter, my daughter get to, because he's a really very fun guy, you know, he would have really enjoyed them. But, but there was beauty in it. And I think it's, it's, you know, over time will grow and, and kind of reveal itself as to the full extent of it. Hey friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Ritual. I like to make sure I know what I'm putting in my body and I bet you do too. I sometimes wonder how many things we put in our bodies that we don't really understand, including our multivitamins. Like, do you really know what's in your multivitamin? You can if you take Ritual Vitamins. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients and forms your body can actually use without extras that you just don't need, like sugars or GMOs, synthetic fillers, or artificial colorants. Ritual isn't your typical multivitamin. I've been taking Ritual vitamins for almost a year, and y'all, I love them. They're easy on my stomach, and thanks to that handy little mint tab they include, Ritual vitamins don't have that icky aftertaste like some others. Ritual is the multivitamin reimagined. Their delayed release capsule design delivers high-quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 and just two daily pills. And they're now available for women, men, and teens. Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support the needs of different life stages. Ritual makes healthy habits easy, and we can all use a little easy right now. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. Get key nutrients without the sketchy extras. Ritual is offering my friends 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash that sounds fun to start your ritual today. And now back to our conversation with Mark. I mean, for most of us, we've had a year, right at a year, almost exactly, of living in a different life and grieving pieces of it and feeling like things aren't right. And you've had two years of that. I mean, yeah, honestly, I, I hate to like, you know, it's, it's funny because like it, this has been really tough for people, but the year before was so difficult. Like, yeah. you know, when someone has a brain tumor too, you know, I didn't really, I had seen people die. I had watched people die like through the process of death, but I had not been so close to it, you know? So I didn't, you know, when the doctor came and told us, you know, he has 11 months to live, 
within a few minutes, all of a sudden I felt this need to like ask, okay, so what do those 11 months look like? Yeah. And I know it's a, you know, it's really a pretty basic thing to understand, but I just didn't, you know, that like, you don't just, you're not just great for 11 months and then you die or you're, you're not how you were for 11 months and then you die. It's like, you're bad and you get worse and then you die. And, and so it was such a, and when you have a brain tumor, there's so many functions that are so core to who you are, you know, as opposed to having, you know, some other horrible cancer where you're pretty intact. My dad had like even like three months of like psychosis where we didn't even oh. know, but he was just so crazy. And, and we thought he was, you know, mad about, you know, bitter about dying and death and life and whatever. And it wasn't any of that. It was that he was on, you know, these crazy steroids yeah. um, that, and he didn't even remember those months. And, and so we really regained you know, about halfway through him being terminally ill, we really regained like a sweetness to the relationship that we had and um, just amazing conversations. And, you know, once we got the meds figured out and all that stuff, it was really a moment where, you know, because he was a really sentimental guy and also like a he was really a writer. All that really kind of came out kind of towards the middle to the ending. Um, you know, he lost his ability to talk and all that stuff, but it was like, it really, it really, there was a sweet spot and there. He flew down to Nashville. We had this crazy, we had this crazy uh, dinner for him where basically we invited, you know, all the people that I've known for the 12 or 14 years of living in Nashville and everyone came to the dinner uh, we hosted and it was at a, the restaurant Lyra here in town. Yeah. We had one of his favorite artists uh, come to the house, um, a guy named Phil Keggy. Who oh, yeah. Come on, Phil Keggy. So Phil, so Phil came to our house before the dinner, played for my dad for an hour. I mean, it was just a beautiful, it was a beautiful story, honestly. I love Phil Keggy. That is like such an amazing thing to imagine. Oh, yeah, totally. It was awesome. I mean, Phil's daughter is like a really sweet friend. I've known her for a long time and I was just like, Hey, can I, I will, I, I will pay your dad any amount of money to come and do this. Yeah. And she was like, he's just going to come and do this. Yeah. <laughs> and so he came and it was just beautiful. You know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, as much as I would love to have my dad here, it was, it really was a beautiful story. We talk a lot here about holding joy and suffering at the same time. And, right. and the, I mean, it's what we learned from inside out, right? Was that their yeah. sadness and joy are better together than they are apart. And right. so I, Talk a little bit about that because you're doing celebrations in the middle of grieving. How how did you emotionally handle that? And you're and you've got a new baby, and you're writing songs. Like how do you? I just think so many of our friends listening are probably sitting in a similar seat to you, and are grieving yeah. something. While how do you also choose to celebrate like that? I'm gonna see if I can answer this. You know, I I think that like when I look back at it's funny. I was talking to my buddy. It's one of my best friends, Thad Cockrell, and I was oh, telling him how I you love know, the, that. those photos that I know he's the best, but I, those photos come up on your phone like one year ago or this day, five years ago. And it's weird. Like I look at myself, you know, five years ago and I think that person was really kind of existing in one emotion. You know, there mm. I was, I had things going for me. I was whatever, you know, I was happy. I was, you know, it, and now I see my life as much more like, I mean, like you're saying, there's so much more intermingled. Like I, I don't know that I'll know like a day when I won't miss my dad, you know, I don't know, but I also, there's also this joy that's alongside that. I just think it's a much more real way of living. And I think a lot of times what we're sold culturally is, you know, one experience, you know, one, you know, one sole thing that that's how you feel. And that's how you should feel. It's like, I think honestly, they both exist together and they both make each other better. And honestly, though, those are really the kind of people that I want to be around or the people that have mm-hmm. suffered. And, 
So, yeah. So we send out an email every Friday and tell people who's coming on the podcast the next week and they can ask questions to you. And so this is in that same vein. Stacy wanted to ask you, is it important, do you think, that all humans create something and make things? So it feels like even in this conversation, do do you think it's important that everybody be creating? I totally, I'm like a firm believer in that. You know, from my own experience, like, you know, whether it be I'm like traversing through, you know, a dark night of the soul through anxiety or whatever it is, it's like I find that so much of – there's something that's trying to get out. Um, so for me, it's songs, um, you know, but I just think it could be a myriad of things. Um, so I, I'm totally, I, I'm like a firm believer in that. How did working on Seeds of Hope help you process all the things that were going on in your life? How did, you know, actually making things this whole time help with that? I, you know, I, w- I wasn't really trying to write, you know, like, cause I mentioned before, I was so busy that, you know, I would be, I'd be flying home to Buffalo for three days to be with my dad. Then I'd fly back home. My wife was taking care of our newborn kid. And so I wasn't necessarily sitting there thinking I'm going to write a song now. It was really like, I would just have these realizations. Like there's a song in the album that really doesn't actually get much attention. Um, as far as like, you know, it's just kind of like a song on the album. It's Uh not like a focus on anything, but it's really like true of how a lot of the songs came. It's like, I I flew back to Nashville after being with my dad. And I was like, I had this realization. I was like, man, I already missed this guy and he's not even gone, mm. you know? And it's like a lot of these, a lot of these realizations just kind of came to me. I don't know if I answered your question. No, that, no, I think that's good. I used to teach elementary school and I remember I would get sad in like March or April about the school year ending, just the feeling of yeah, everything's normal now, but I see coming this will not be yeah. normal anymore. And so I totally creating in that spot versus waiting until the grief is there or the thing has happened that will cause the higher grief feels like a really yeah. creates really interesting art, I think. Totally. Yeah. And I think even, you know, I like we'd go home and again, like not to like talk too much about it, but it's like my, you know, he had this brain tumor. And so you just don't know, like someone you really could just die randomly. Yeah. And I remember like I was, I was, uh, we thought he wasn't going to make it. So my brother and I rushed, flew home. And this was like eight months before he passed. So we had time, but we both flew home. And I remember like he started recovering. And I just remember thinking like, how many times am I going to say goodbye before, you know, before I actually let him go? And that ended up being like a song in the album. But these were all just like things I was thinking. I wasn't really trying to write anything or really anything in nature. It's just what ends up happening when I you know, have ideas. Will you say the names of those songs so that as we're, when we go listen to the album, we'll... Yeah, yeah. So that was, um, yeah, totally. That was, that song is called How Many Times? Oh, yeah. Well, obviously. There you go. Yeah, there you go. No, no, it's great. But, but it's not, you know, it's really not like a sad, it's not like a, it's not like a sad song. You know, that's the thing. I was trying to like combine, you know, I didn't want to make this totally morose album. That, right. You know, it's about my dad dying. It's like, I don't want, I don't think anyone would really want to listen to that. And I don't think he would <laughs> really want me to make that. Yeah, so, I did. I don't cry yeah. when I listen to it. And I knew some of the no, story. It's, really it's, it's a very, um, it's a very like making spaghetti dinner kind of album. Like it's a great, yeah. like, it's a great Totally. Album. A lot of times those things are this, you know, the, this, they're not really the meat and bones. They're more like the salt. You just want to use enough of it to, you know, so that it really tastes like something and it colors all your experiences and all your music, you know. Oh, that's a brilliant way to put it for all of us. I mean, anyone who's making something to think about letting your pain be the salt, not the meat is really helpful. 
I you can't eat you can't eat all that salt. That's right. That's exactly right. So what that also ended up meaning for you is you've been off the road for two years. Yeah, totally. And so what does that look like in 2021? I mean, how did what was the loss like of being off the road for two years for you? And how does it look going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think for myself and all, you know, musicians, there's, you know, there's loss of connection, there's yeah. loss of income, there's a lot of different kinds of losses. Um, uh, but there for me, there was a big gain, you know, my wife and I both travel. So I've gotten to spend literally every day, pretty much, I think minus one day, my wife and I went away, right before the pandemic, my, I've gotten to spend every day with my daughter and watch her grow up. So I don't really have many regrets or any, or or not regrets, but I don't have like, I wish I was on the road, but I did do like a couple live streams uh, for people. And Uh I was like, oh, I I do love doing this. I forgot. I actually love doing this. So um, I I am looking forward to getting back out there, but uh, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like because I'm certainly now at a point where I'm like, man, you know, I'm not going to do anything at the expense of, you know, my family, um, I really just love being, I love being here. I love being around my kids. Now I will say not leaving your house for <laughs> a year. Okay. Th- this is weird. I've developed, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of your listeners can, uh, relate to this. I have truly developed some small phobia of leaving my house, uh-huh. not to the point where I won't actually leave my house, but to the point where I'm like thinking about it, it's like, <laughs> what am I doing? Okay. I got to be aware now I'm leaving my house. I, like, yeah. I never thought about that. Uh, so I don't like that. That is completely bad in my opinion. Yeah. Agreed. I, and I wonder a bunch of my musician friends I'm talking to, and I, I mean, I'm on the road a bunch. We all kind of feel this new, like home, uh, home became a new thing for us. Yeah. Does that feel true for you too? Yeah. I mean, I just, I love being here. I mean, there's no, you know, I, we just have a sweet house, you know, we have a, yeah. I, I, the, the place where my, the house that my daughter is going to grow up in is a very beautiful place, you know, and I'm really grateful for that. You know, my, my parents were awesome and loving and individually amazing people, but you know, there was a lot of tension in our house growing up and that's not really the house that my daughter is going to grow up in. So I, yeah. I love to watch this, you know, cause she's getting like, and I, and, and I'm not saying we're not going to mess her up. We absolutely will. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm like, I'm not saving for college. I'm probably saving for a counseling, counseling goal. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, uh, but nonetheless, like, it's really fun to watch. It's fun to watch a place that there's just honestly joy. You know, yeah. I wake up in the morning and I, you know, we just have so many little jokes that we tell each, it's yeah. a beautiful place. I, I, I think when we, when concerts come back in full form and people are really yeah. out on tour again, one of the things I hope we, uh, you know, I don't do concerts. So we as attenders of concerts remember like this artist spent a year plus at home and chose to come do this. Like, I hope it just changes our appreciation (laughs) of getting to go to shows once, once everything is opened back up again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it'll be, it'll be real. I'm excited about it for sure. Yeah. What part of town are you? Don't give us your address, but what part of town do y'all live in? Oh, no. Uh, We're in East Nashville currently. Yeah. That's a great, I mean, it's, I'm it's nice. over in Green Hills, so I'm on the other side of the river, but why'd you pick East Nashville? Talk a little bit about that neighborhood. Well, we, um, the, the reason we actually picked this, so I mentioned the tornado party where I met yeah. my wife, right? She was actually living in that house. Um, that was the house she was living in. And when we were, we got engaged and I was like, 
she was living in this house with all these girls. So I actually talked to her landlord. I was like, hey, can I buy this house and kick these girls out? <laughs> <laughs> so it was – honestly, it was mostly convenience. I really like East Nashville. Our neighborhood is awesome. I mean, there are so many great – uh, songwriters and artists that you know next door across the street two yeah. doors down and so it's a really really what keeps us in the neighborhood is the people that we live near you know our house like we we, we really haven't had the time to like do the things we want to do to it I mean it all works and it's all fine but it's really the neighborhood because um, otherwise I think we probably would go to you know, a place like Green Hills. We're kind of always looking, but, yeah. um, you know, it's it's like a nice place. And then I built this studio here behind the property, and um, and this studio's, like, by far nicer than my house. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, for I, our I, friends I, listening, I can see behind you that, I mean, it's like a good-looking place to be. It's it's pretty sick. And so, I, <laughs> you know, I, I think I'll just at least make one thing here before yeah, we, you know. Right. <laughs> um, so the re-release of Seeds of Joy is going to uh, seed of joy is going to have additional songs on it yeah so i have like i just released one of the singles rivals and then we're going to have like some alternate versions um, on the the, uh yeah on the album and so you know because people really like the kind of more acoustic stuff that i do as well but i always really like to like make records you know that have interesting elements and um, so I think like with the re-release, I, w- I want to do c- a couple things like that are from the album that maybe just are a little bit more stripped back and a different approach because some of the lyrics, like a, a lot of the lyrics, like there's a song called This Dream and that's yeah. like, and it features this guy, Corey Wong, who I'm like a big fan of. And, um, he, you know, it's like really, there's a lot of energy to it, but you know, I played it live at this stream thing and it was like. I, I just sang the lyrics with the guitar. I'm like, it's really sad, you know? And, and I, I want some of those songs to kind of exist fully how they are, yeah. you know, just as the lyrics and the, and the guitar and that emotion. Yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Features. Are you picky about your shoes but kind of think all socks are pretty much made the same? Well, I was kind of the same until I found Features. I love that they stay put all day. They are comfortable for everyday wear and working out, and they come in tons of bright colors. And since I wear the no-show ones, it's like a fun little secret I have tucked into my shoes every day. Features is obsessed with making the perfect sock, and my prediction is that you'll quickly become obsessed with their socks too. They support your feet with the anatomical design and targeted compression. Features are engineered to help you achieve your best every day. Whether you're working out or on the go, the targeted compression acts like a hug around the arch of your foot, keeping the sock in place and preventing it from bunching, slipping, or sliding down into your shoe. The anatomical design conforms to the left-right shape of your foot, creating a custom-like fit that keeps the sock in place so you can focus on your workout or your busy day. You never have to think about your socks except to celebrate that every step is cool, dry, and comfortable. Features are so durable and long-lasting that if you're unsatisfied at any point, they'll give you a replacement pair, no questions asked. Features are guaranteed to be the best sock you've ever worn. And I love that they're a family-owned business with the mission to create products that help you achieve your personal best. Well, I, for one, think they've done it. Features is challenging you to try a pair, and if they're not the best socks you've ever worn, they will take them back. They are so confident that you'll love their socks that they're also giving my friends 10% off your first pair of features when you go to features.com slash sounds fun. That's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S. You get it? Features? F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S dot com slash sounds fun for $10 off your first pair of features. And now back to finish our conversation with Mark. 
I just, one of the things you said a few minutes ago was watching your daughter learn to walk while watching your dad lose the ability to walk and to yeah. speak. Yeah. I, it, the seeds thing, it just keeps circling in my mind that, that you just literally have been watching all these new things plant and grow something. That's such a better definition than why I named the album what it is. I love that. <laughs> and I'm glad this is recorded because I'm going to take that and You and can have it, my like, friend. It's all yours. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly I'm like so bad. I have I'm so like 30,000 foot view like I get a feeling and a you know and you know how is it going to look on an album and like yeah. this is I think what the album means and I I I sometimes don't unpack things as far back as so that was wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, that's actually exactly what I meant. I yeah. <laughs> well, I love the album. And I think one of the things that we could do better at as humans is pay attention to seasons and mm. go like, okay, well, we notice outside right now, all the seeds that we want to plant, it's the right time to plant them because it's getting ready to warm up and things are getting ready to grow. And yet in our like personal lives and in our spiritual lives and in our emotional lives, we don't pay attention to the seasons as much. Totally. And so totally. talking about seeds just helps me think, okay, this, where in my life are little things growing intentionally or not intentionally? Totally. Uh, that's beautiful. I mean, that's wonderful. And I think, you know, even just knowing your podcast has a faith bent to it. You know, I, I was even reflecting this morning on the words of Jesus where he just, he's constantly telling us to worry about today, uh-huh. you know, not tomorrow. And it's crazy because... Our, my all my anxiety is wrapped up in tomorrow, mm. you know. But I think like so much of my anxiety is wrapped up in what is coming in the distant future, and all we really have, all we know that we're gonna have, or all we can ask for is our daily dose of what we need. Yeah, I mean that. If I have one big takeaway from 2020, it is all I've got is today. And all I can control, I can't even control today. I mean, I'm doing Invisalign, Mark, because I literally was like, okay, what can I control? My teeth. That's about it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right? Like I learned in 2020, everything else out the window, but I can control how straight my teeth are because I didn't wear my retainer in middle school. Totally. No, I, I, I'm, I'm totally with that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, I think so much of what, you know, kind of in that idea of like daily bread too, it's like. I was talking to actually I was talking to Thad and I was saying how so much of what I'm asking for and I'm thinking about is not my daily bread. I'm actually mm. talking about my children's children's daily bread. You know, wow. I'm talking about so far in the future. My and these just aren't things that we should really concern ourselves with. I mean, there's really no guarantee, you know, we can't you don't worry about tomorrow and tomorrow's not gonna worry about you. So yeah. you know. and that's what I wanna remember, Mark. Tomorrow isn't worried about me. Tomorrow isn't thinking yeah. about me. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. am I worried about tomorrow? Tomorrow will eat you alive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I, I, we're gonna have Thad on really soon to talk oh, about nice. all the stuff that has been going on with him. Yeah. And so, tell me what as as a friend of his in the same industry, tell me your point of view of what's happened with Thad and Jimmy Fallon lately. What about that? I mean, Thad's kind of an older brother for me, you know, I mean, not even kind of, I mean, he really is like my older brother. And so to watch that happen, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I mean, if we're just being real, like it's hard sometimes to watch, you know, your peers succeed farther beyond you. Yep. Sometimes, you know, there's jealousy, there's, and, I, and I'm not talking about the best parts of ourselves. I'm talking about the worst parts that I, I wish didn't exist, yep. you know, but you see things happen and you're like, ah, oh, you know, I wish, 
I promise you, there is not a single bone in my body that wanted myself to be in his position. Yeah. I, I was, it was complete joy for another person. So like far beyond when things have happened to me, I mean, it was like, come on, go go as far as this can possibly go. And I have no desire to be in the, I just, I'm so happy for him. You know I mean? I don't know someone, honestly, I don't think I know someone that has that every time he goes in the studio, it's, it's literally like, it's like an 18 year old kid going in the studio for the mm-hmm. first time thinking, you know, I, I can change the world. I can yeah. say something that can change it. I'm, I'm 34 years old and I've been doing this for whatever, 15 years. He's been doing this longer than I have. And, and I go in, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if people even like music. I don't know if they <laughs> listen to this stuff anymore. Do people like music? I, you know, I, I, I call about it. Hey, do you like music? And do you still listen to this stuff? What, right. what, what do you do when you listen to this stuff? You, uh, you do you uh, clean your house? Are you listening? Do you care? Right, what? right, right. Do you even but, hear I the mean, words that I've written? Yeah, you, yeah. Like, what are you putting this thing through iPhone? And and you know, I've spent you know about sixty or seventy hours, and you're putting it uh, straining uh, bricks through a coffee filter. It's like, you know. But he literally is like, I'm going to do something so good. Yeah. That. And so amazing. And it's really not about him. He's like, I'm just going to channel, you know, whatever God has for me. Yeah. Uh, in the most irreligious sense, too, yeah. th- I say that. Uh, and it's and, and, it, and people are going to, it's going to bring so much joy to people. So anyways, to watch that happen, uh, I, it's honestly, it's incomparable. I, I don't, it couldn't have been a better way. What was that? Was that this year? That was 2021, right? Yes, that was the beginning of this year. Couldn't have been a better start to the year. Yeah, I agree. It just feels like. Uh, when and you've experienced this too. You've had a Super Bowl ad. I mean, you had some pretty massive moments in your career, yeah. and it feels strange when your peers are celebrating you because you're like, "It's fine, it's fine." I mean, we're just doing our job. Da, da, da. But when we are the ones who get to look at that and be like, "That this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen," yeah. it's just it is so fun to see this whole thing pan out the way it has. Yeah, and it's great to watch, yeah, someone that has just poured so much into what they do and, you know, really is kind of embodies that daily living kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh, in so many ways. And I don't know, it's just so aspirational. You just love to see someone that's not pragmatic and a business, you know, I mean, he is a business person, like he's good at business, but it's like, it's really cool to see a dream take flight. Yeah, and just to... I love when things like this happen. I mean, this is very similar to your story of meeting your wife of like Jimmy Fallon walked into a, a, a what was it? A home repair hardware store, or hardware yeah. store at yeah. the right time to hear the right song. Yep. You went yep. to the right woman at the right party. And, and it just is like such a good reminder that, and, and I don't know if you know this, but I just got stuck in Colorado for a week and it was awesome. Know. It was awesome. It, oh, it worked great. out better than, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't stuck in my house by myself when it was snowy here. And yes. and someone asked me, what have you learned from being here all week? One of the people on staff at this ranch I was at. And I was like, I just feel like I learned again that I, I can let go of control because God is lining this up. He's just lining yeah. it up. And it yeah. doesn't mean everything goes well and I don't grieve things, but. I mean, he, he just keeps totally. it up. I, you know, I was talking to my neighbor the other day. We try and run a couple mornings a week. He's much faster than I am. So <laughs> I, the only way he really gets to break a sweat is if I was like, you can carry me this one if you want. You might break a sweat. We can run together. But I, I, I told him, I said, I, you know, I think even in light of, and I don't really want to, obviously, I don't really want to get into like deeply into this stuff, but even in light of everything going on in the world and you have these, you have these two seems like sides mounting on yeah. moral 
you know, moral grounds. Uh, and on one side, it's like, and I, actually, I don't even want to describe the sides, but I will just say this. In my own, and I don't think this is the right approach, but in my own personal life, when I think about God, I actually now am in a weird way, and I, I don't think this is right, but I don't think it's completely wrong. I'm equating suffering almost more to his mm. goodness in my life. Wow. And I don't I don't want to like stay there. And, and I think it's holding both intention, but I'm just not totally so sure that like the, you know, the best experience in my, you know, the big success, the Super Bowl commercial, like I, I don't know if I look at those anymore. Like I think it, it, it is a blessing for sure. But if I think about like blessing is, so wide and deep and it, and it, it, uh, you, you suffer in blessing and you mourn in blessing, you yeah. weep in blessing and you do all these things that people really, especially when you start getting into these like hard, hard and fast sides and people are selling you their side. I mean, you can't sell mourning, you know, you can't right. sell grief. No one wants to buy it. And so I think it's, uh, you know, I just hope maybe it's like a place to live where, you know, there might be more reconciliation between two groups of people. I don't really know what I was saying there. That made sense nope. at all. That made sense. I mean, the idea of suffering being part of God's goodness is something we can wrestle with for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. I mean, I, I just, you know, I can't find any other way to really reconcile people that are different yes. uh, from each other because, you know, otherwise you're just trying to like top you know, well, this good thing happened to me. And so I must be blessed. And, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, right. I just, I can't really, I can't really get down with that, you know? And me so either, I, I think I'm, I'm probably on the far end of the spectrum where I'm like, oh, I can, you know, I'm, I'm, I just want to be, you know, I just want all bad things to happen. And I do not want that whatsoever. And I will avoid it like the plague. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. It's just kind of what I've been meditating on. I think that's, a, I think you're right. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, when you started to say that, you said, I think this might be wrong. I actually don't think it is, Mark. I think that, right. I mean, if we look at Jesus, right, like the yeah. the most, his biggest moment was his massive suffering and it was God's totally. goodness for the world, right? And so, totally. so I think you are preaching a good word, my friend. I mean, I think we need well, to, yeah. we need to hear that. I just that. think so many words have been so many, you know, like even that word blessing, it's just been so um, co-opted. It's been hijacked really. Yeah. You know, it's like we assume blessing, you know, it's a, you know, <laughs> you know, from Bruno Mars song to every other pop culture reference, it's a good thing that's happened. It's something that's perceived as a cultural benefit of some sort. And I just yeah. don't, I just don't really know that that's the case. And I think when we dilute it down to that, people, you know, we have, we're, we're forced to try to achieve some type of life that's completely unachievable in the end. Yeah. You know, pure success. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know anybody no who gets. Yeah. Yeah. No pain, <laughs> just joy. Uh, do you and your wife speak Enneagram? Do you know your Enneagram number, what you identify as? I honestly, I've taken the test eight times and <laughs> I cannot remember what number I am. So maybe that helps. I just was so interested because in, I, because one of, I, I identify as a seven and we love to run from pain. So it is always a choice. So you even saying suffering is is part of God's goodness is a thing I hand to heaven, Mark. I'll send you a picture. I'm going to write it down and hang it up in the room where I sit and read <laughs> and just think like, okay, God, I don't want you to teach me this, but let me believe this. I don't need more lessons, yes, totally. but let me believe totally. it. Um, yeah, I, I just think it divides people. I think it divides people when it's like all about the good things that are happening are the blessings. It's like, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it rises jealousy, you know, in the people that aren't. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just asked my wife what Enneagram number I am. I texted her. I always have to ask this. Honestly, this is probably like the 10th time I've texted her. Anytime someone asks me, I'm like, what number am I? Okay, well, if she tells you in the next few minutes, you can tell us if you want to. Some people don't like to tell, so it is totally your oh, prerogative. I, I, I could care less. <laughs> 
Um, uh, we have a couple more questions, but is there anything we didn't talk about that you want me to make sure we cover? No. I think I, I don't think there's really anything. I mean, we checked okay. with the album. Yeah, I think, yeah, that feels pretty good. It was great. It was really good. Okay, so the last question we always ask, but if your wife texts you back, you just interrupt and you tell us okay. your Enneagram okay. number. The last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Uh, you know, I do a fly fishing trip about once a year with a bunch of guys. That sounds really fun. Uh, I I fly fish as much as I go on that trip, so that's not very much. <laughs> Where do y'all go? Uh, Montana. I, 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 honestly, and I don't remember what airport or what even right, city we fly right, into. Right, 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 right. What um, do you love about it? What's what is it about that trip that makes it come I, to mind? I'm a total extrovert. Uh, and so for me to be around friends, you know, for that to happen, it's like, you know, 12 or 15 dudes and it's for four or five days. Wow. Um, that is like something I really look forward to. That sounds very fun right now. Yeah. Uh, I was not able to go on that trip this year because of everything. Yeah. What else sounds fun? You know, I love to play tennis. So oh, okay. tennis, tennis always sounds fun to me. It's um, just, you have to go back and forth so much. It hurts my knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, it does. It definitely, it definitely hurts. I feel things hurting more, yes, more lately. I know. Those are both very good answers, by the way. I'm not one to judge your fun, but two thumbs up. Hey, thank you. Well done, uh, Mark. Thanks for making time to do this today. Seed of Joy is a really good album. I can't wait for people to get the updated one in April. Hey, thank you for having me. Like I said, I love what you do, and I love being able to have this kind of conversation. Me too. Thanks, Fred. You guys, don't you love him? Oh my gosh, brilliant. That suffering is part of the goodness of God. Uh, I'm going to be thinking about that forever. And I don't even know what to do with it yet. I'm just still thinking about it. Man, I'm so grateful for him and his words and his music. Y'all, be sure you're following Mark so you can tell him thanks for being on the show today. And go ahead and grab a copy of Seed of Joy and then get ready in April for the expanded one as well. It is so, so good. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. Have a great week, and we'll see you all on Thursday.